Good morning. Welcome to Aliyah Yomi. This is Rabbi Yaakov Trump, and we're going to be taking a few minutes every day to look at the Aliyah of that day. There are seven Aliyahs every week, and we're going to look at one per day. We're starting with Bereshis today, and we're looking at Bereshis Rishon, the first Aliyah in Parshas Bereshis. Well, as with all of Bereshis and this Aliyah in particular, we could spend days, weeks, months and really years just analyzing this aliyah. But we're going to take a quick overview of it. Our parsha as a whole has 146 psukim, but our aliyah runs from Perik Aleph, Pasuk Aleph to Perik Beis, Pasuk Gimel, which is 34 psukim in total. It's worth noting that the addition of chapters in the Torah was not a Jewish innovation. It was actually from the church, just to make it easier to read the Hebrew Bible, which is why you'll notice funny things like Vayichulu, the seventh day of creation, being a separate chapter to the six days of creation. The Christian grammar theology is to view the se- the seventh day really as, as essentially the beginning of the week rather than the end of the week. And there perhaps it is seen to separate, whereas in Judaism, it's all part of the first Aliyah. We hear about creation. We are familiar with this. A very brief summary of creation is we hear about the process of primordial chaos, which exists before the world. And we hear about day one, where you hear the creation of darkness and light, and light being dubbed day and dark being called night. God thought it was good. And we have this phrase, which keeps coming up, Yom, we hear about the mor- the evening and the morning, and then the, the day. This day happens to be one. Then the second day, we hear about the heavens um, being separated separated from the lower waters um, by this thing called a rakia, the space created in between. We hear on day three about the emergence of land and the pooling of the different oceans and bodies of water and the emergence of flora upon the earth. Foliage grows to cover in its different species, the different parts of the land. And day, day four, we hear about the luminaries that God creates luminaries both big and small to be markers in time in the heavens. And then on day five, we hear about the air and the sea swarming with living life. Day six, we hear about land life and then ultimately human beings, the creation of humanity and their their mission to dominate the world. And finally, we hear about the seventh day, the day of rest, where God finishes all the work he has done. At this point in time, a few basic points that we can ponder and should be pondering. Number one is, is this a physical account of creation? Is this a physics encyclopedia as to how creation happens? The answer is clearly not. One basic clue as to why it is not is because it do, it only tells us about Earth. It doesn't tell us about the universe. And there's a whole large universe out there. So clearly, this is not going to be the encyclopedic discussion of the entire creation of the universe, it seems to be something else. Rashi points this out, and he says it obviously cannot be a, we'll call it a total scientific description, because we hear about water in the second Pasuk, that but we don't hear about the creation of water, meaning to say the Torah didn't describe the creation of water, yet it's already there. So obviously, this is not a we'll call it total description of the physics. It doesn't contradict the physics, but it's not meant to be a science textbook. So it's meant to be something else. And therefore, in trying to investigate what that something else is, perhaps the idea is purpose, not procedure. Why is it here that these Rashid and many of the commentaries, as an example, to look at the very first letter, as opposed to saying biracious in the beginning, that would be with a patach, it's actually biracious which is incorrect to say in the beginning. It's not the beginning. 
Therefore, it's actually a contraction of two words, which is Bishvil Rashis, because of Rashis. Well, what's Rashis? So Rashi gives a few interpretations because of Israel, because of the Torah, meaning to say, what is the purpose of this unfolding creation? Let's understand purpose. Let's not understand. Let's not use this as a scientific textbook and say, well, it's missing a piece here or it doesn't make sense there because that wasn't its purpose. Let's try to understand the purpose of this part of creation. Now, are there any um, patterns in the seven days of creation? So the Medrash tells us a very fascinating thing. It says that there are seven days of creation and each day had a partner except for Shabbos because it was the odd one out. It complained to our Baruch Hashem says, you will have Israel. The Vilna says, well, which days are partners? Who is holding hands? Was it one and two and three and four and five and six? The Vilnagon says, no, curiously, it was actually day one and day four, day two and day five, day three and day six. Isn't that strange? Why would those days be connected to each other? Well, if you think about it a little further, it makes so much sense. Day one was light and dark. Well, what facilitates light and dark in our world? That is the sun and the moon, the luminaries. That's what is creating, so to speak, that is the, the way that it functions. Well, the second day, space is created, the oceans, the oceans and the heavens are created. Well, what populates them? The birds and the and the um, aquatic life. That's going to be day five. Well, then there's land on day three. Well, what lives on the land? Well, on day three lives, the, it is the population of the land, which is mammals, human, land, land-based creatures, and ultimately human beings. So there's a lot to be talking about in terms of understanding what expresses the purpose of those first days of creation, which now helps us understand what Shabbos is looking for, what is going to help give expression to me in this world, and that's Israel. Israel give expression to the final idea, of the completion of the world, which is um, Israel. Rabbi Foreman has a very, very profound perspective on this, and he notes that if you look through the actual description of creation, there are a few times where it describes, we'll call it um, important, an important word, which is Vayabdel, Hashem divided. It's only mentioned three times between night and uh, light and dark, and then again between the heavens and the and the and the um, lower waters, and finally between the um, on day four when it describes. Um, all of the different lights, the luminaries. What is interesting about this is, is that he suggests that those are what we'll call essential walls. If you remove those, the whole building falls, meaning all of creation rests on the three times it says Vayavdel. What do they represent? So Rav Foreman argues a very profound perspective, and that is, is that there are three parts or three basic frameworks of, uh, of natural creation around us. The first is energy. Energy, we'll call matter and antimatter, because energy turns into matter. And that is essentially white and light, white and darkness, matter and antimatter, light energy, dark energy, which we know scientifically they're researching today. That's expressed in light and dark in the first part of the creation. The next part is rakia. Rakia essentially means space. So this is space as an entity. We first have energy, then space, and then finally we have between the different luminaries, that is time. Those are the three constraints of all reality, time, space, and energy. So what essentially is being described in anthropocentric terms about this earth is actually really cloaking a much larger description of the universal creation as well, which means these three building blocks, the time-space continuum with energy populating it. That is what's necessary for all of creation. Um, then if you just go take this one step further, in the Mishkan, there are three places where Kruvim, where angels are imprinted on the Mishkan. First is you enter the Kodesh, into the main section of the Holy, which is where the menorah is found and the Shulchan is found. Once you pass those angels, those dividers, 
um, time melts away. That's why the lechem upon him never really goes stale. That's why the ner ma'aravi doesn't go out. You cross another set of angels by the paroiches, which is the curtain dividing to the Kodesh Kodashim. In that place, space melts away. That's why the Aaron ain't The Aaron is not part of the measured realm that we're in. You go past the third level of Kruvim, which are on the Kapores, which are on the cover lid of the Ark of the Covenant, and inside is the Luchos, which is, as the Ramban describes in the introduction to the Torah, white fire and black fire. Black fire upon the white fire, those are the two types of energies. Essentially, the Mishkan is recreating the three dimensions this world essentially creates. That is primordial energy, white and, matter and antimatter, space and time. And those are, fr- those are framed in the Mishkan as well. A lot to be thinking about here. Obviously, this is not just what we learned in pre-1a. Now, another question over here is, why does it say Kitov, but not consistently? If you look carefully, you'll see that Hashem says that creation is good on day one, on day three, twice, on day four, and day five, and then again in the middle of day six, not the end of day six. Why is that? So, it is interesting to note that um, on day two, part of the reason is because it was there was division created. When there's division in the world, that's not always a good thing. Perhaps another way of looking at it is the Rashi says the job wasn't finished yet, that it hadn't been brought to its full purpose. That's not tov yet. Sometimes you have to wait a little longer to see the goodness in life. We only see that double tov on the third day when we see why the oceans were created as such. When we get to the day six, it's interesting that the, the Kitov appears in the middle of the day before the creation of human beings. The reason for that, as um, Dr. Nechamorevitz points out, is that human beings aren't inherently good. The jury's still out because unlike animals, which are pre-programmed to do something, human beings are given the choice to do or not do certain things, to live up to or not to live up to their calling. Therefore, the Kitov is only placed before human beings. At the end of the day, it's it's very good. The Midrash says that is the Yetzer because the whole point of the creation is, is will this creation actually live up to its calling or not? Um, one last point over here is you'll notice that the word Vayomer Hashem, God says, happens to occur nine times in this section, which leads the mission in Perkei Avos to say that, the, that Hashem created the world with ten utterances, the first one being Beratius, the next nine being every utterance. It's worthwhile noting that the creation description over here does follow the same evolutionary scale. So we're talking about inorganic matter to organic matter, first from the plant form, then to the floral form, to the more sophisticated forms of mammalian life, to human life. It's the same pattern. The interesting thing is that in evolutionary biology, there are a few gaps. There are a few unexplained jumps from inorganic matter to organic matter, from um, from aquatic life to terrestrial life to avian life. There's a few gaps. And there are many theories which explain this. So Stephen Jay Gold has a whole explanation called punctuated equilibrium, where essentially evolution speed sped up and slowed down. What is interesting to note is that every point there's a gap in science where we needed a punctuated equilibrium, that's where it says Vayomer Elohim, meaning God essentially is in all those gaps. Every utterance comes at a, at a meridian between an inexplicable development or jump forward, a leap forward in the creation process as we look back and discover ourselves. There's so much profundity it requires a lot of thought to appreciate this, this particular aliyah, but at least this gives us a little bit more of a conversational awareness of the depth of this. In the meantime, I have a wonderful and meaningful day.